0: Coming up on the best of girls play footy on RSN Carnival, we catch up with Melbourne footballer Aaron Hoare, the Western Bulldogs, Daria Bannister, the GB Swans, Frankie Hawking, the Box Hill Hawks, Chantella Pereira, and from the Los Angeles Dragons, Aileen Yoon and lelani Silvio. <laughs> I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. Our first guest we caught up with several months ago when she was playing for the Geelong Cats in the VFL Women's Competition. Officially the tallest player in the competition. She was a rookie ruck, but no stranger to the Australian sporting scene, having previously played netball in Melbourne and in Sydney. Now she's an AFLW footballer after being taken by the Melbourne Demons as a rookie pick. It was our privilege to chat with Erin Hall.
1: I'm very well, thank you for having me.
0: Great to have you on the line. Let's talk about your footy journey. Now, you actually first picked up the footy, didn't you, back as a teenager in high school?
1: Yes, that's right. um, Well, I grew up playing footy with my brothers and whatnot, having a bit of a kick here and there, but um, proper actual games was just in secondary school. Um, So we had our once-a-year tournaments playing against other schools and always thoroughly enjoyed that, Um, but other than that, that's sort of my only football experience prior to this year.
0: Of course, this is going back some 10 years or more since the AFLW era. Was it just a case you never followed it up because at that stage you just didn't think the pathways were there? And I guess it was seen as netball was the girls' sport.
1: Yeah, I think oh, I always enjoyed my netball, that's for sure. Um, I think I probably wasn't aware of opportunities, and I'd say it's probably a really similar story among other players who've crossed codes. Is um, yeah, just never really followed up um, the opportunity to play. Um, yeah, which has obviously changed a whole
2: lot now.
0: And of course, you were out Geelong Way, you played with the Geelong Cougars uh, in netball there, and then you've got scouted to play uh, for the Melbourne Vixens, and then a couple of years later with the New South Wales Swifts. Um, Can you tell us what that experience was like and the professionalism that's behind netball?
1: Yeah, sure. Um I guess my journey into elite netball was somewhat atypical. I sort of played community sport um as a as a young girl and then into early adulthood as well. So I never played sort of rep netball growing up. Um so when I was 22 I played my first year of state league netball, which is sort of our our main league here in Victoria. Um and then in the same year I got picked up as a rookie for Melbourne Dixies. So I was 23 when I was a rookie, which is considered pretty old. <laughs> um and yeah, the experience of playing elite netball, it was, um, oh, it was amazing. I mean, I hadn't been exposed to anything like that before. Um, it is semi-professional. Um, so we're con- we were contra- I was a contracted athlete. Um, and, um, yeah, um, amazing experience training-wise um, and then obviously a lot of travel involved with the sport. Um, you know, obviously a lot of differences compared to footy in terms of um, the game itself, um, but in terms of experiencing a professional or semi-professional sport for women at that level was a really great experience for me.
0: Now, before we talk about how you join the Geelong Cats, let's just take a step forward for a moment. You've seen netball and its professionalism. You've seen football now and its professionalism inside an AFL club at Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, are the hours' commitment fairly similar to, between both sports? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think playing VFLW, uh, we're not – obviously contracted athletes so we train out of hours Um, in saying that for netball we are um, to train out of hours as in you know after 4 p.m during the day and whatnot Um, so in that sense it's quite similar in terms of weekly hours um, you know it is quite similar I think at the AFLW level it would certainly be more comparable um, given it's that next level up Uh, in terms of elite sport. Um, But I guess the sessions are pretty similar. You know, the gym work's quite similar. Um, The skills required for football and netball are a lot different. The actual content, the training programs, is quite different. Um, But yeah, I would say there are a lot of similarities.
0: And for yourself personally, how do you handle that, the commitments uh, training as an amateur footballer at Geelong? And I believe you work as a public health researcher.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I tend to manage it really well. I think everyone does when you love it um, as much as we do, um, which is, of course, why we play. Um, so, uh, yeah, I work, I work finished off my PhD last year. So I was fortunate to gain employment in research, um, and it works really well for me. Um, I think that there's a lot of maybe what could be perceived as sacrifices, um, but we, when you love the sport as much as we do, you um, just, just make it work. Um, so, yeah.
0: Then, of course, the Geelong Cats uh, late last year took over the North Geelong license and were stepping into the VFLW and they put the call out for players. They had a tryout day, etc. How did you end up uh, taking up the opportunity to play for the Cats?
1: Yeah, so I I came along a little bit after those tryouts. um, Obviously saw uh, the popularity of the AFLW and um, saw what was happening in football and and also knew about um, the Geelong team growing momentum and and plans to join VFLW, Um, I have a a good um, netball friend from Geelong who cross codes as well and I had chatted to her and and heard about her experiences and and what the game, the training was like and um, particularly what the coaching and the girls were like, her teammates, and um, was really keen to join after hearing about it. So, um, yeah, just um, got some info and then ended up heading down to a few sessions and then it went from there.
0: And since you've transferred across from netball to football, what have they tried to focus on to obviously get your body right for the game? Has it been more strength training they've looked at? Yeah, I think um, –
1: yeah, again, I think any. Any um any girl that's it's cross codes would probably say just developing the basic skills has been really important. Um, kicking a footy doesn't um, come naturally when you've been throwing an ball around for so many years. Um, so certainly getting those basic skills um, down pat and continuing to develop those uh, to a level that's you know competitive at, at this level um, has been really important. And then strength wise, absolutely, it's uh, it's of course a physical game. Um, and building that strength and, and muscle has been a focus, I think, for all of us. Um, but then, of course, yeah, depending on where you play in the field and I guess, rock I guess any position, you need to be strong, don't you? But, um, yeah, no, that has been a focus for me.
0: And of course, uh, you are at the moment one of the starring rucks for the Geelong Cats side. Because you've been in the, even though as an amateur footballer, you're in that AFL club environment, have they given you a specialist coach to work with and try and take you aside and focus week by week in trying to improve your technique? You've certainly got the reach at 194 centimetres, but, <laughs> but obviously trying to make sure that you can make uh, the most effective tap outs possible.
1: Yeah, well, I know being tools and advantage, but you always have to know how to use it, don't you? <laughs> so you can always do some coaching, and um, yeah, we've got a great midfield coach, uh, David Morgan, at Geelong. Um, and, yeah, in terms of the club itself, the facilities and the support we've received has been absolutely phenomenal, absolutely incredible, um, and we are super grateful for that and obviously making use of all those facilities. Um, so, yeah, our coaching our coaching staff are super supportive, super knowledgeable, um, and they're helping prepare us for each game um, individually and as well as, as a team. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for the support they've given me, and, and I'm sure all the girls would say the same.
0: And for the Cats as well, you're flying this season at the moment, you're sitting in sixth position, and particularly for the girls that played for North Geelong last year, where they were second last, it's certainly, uh, it's been a better season for them. And at the moment, you're only just one game shy of the top four.
1: Yeah, it, it has become quite close at this stage of the season. Um I'm sure, yeah, any any player would say we sort of take each week at a time, um, but it is a goal of ours to be playing finals and we'll continue to work towards that and hopefully achieve that too.
0: Of course your next match coming up in about a week and a half time you're taking on uh, the Darabin Falcons who are currently second but of course have won uh, nine out of the last 11 flags a champion team what does it mean for you personally to take on a side of that caliber and also you'll be going up against Rucks for example as Lauren Pierce who's obviously been a Melbourne recruit and Astor O'Connor who's a Western Bulldogs recruit what does it mean for you to take them on?
1: Yeah, sure. I've got super respect, obviously, um, for any of our opponent, opponents, regardless of the team. Um, it'll be a great experience. We've certainly joled a lot better together ourselves as a team. Um, you know, again, um, playing each game and, and getting to know the style of play of each each, um, each area of the field and each individual player. Um, so we'll prepare, we'll watch some footage and we'll, we'll make sure that we um, come in and, and have a great contest on that
0: day. And of course, for you personally, at the moment, you do actually qualify under the rules to be uh, taken as a rookie because you're a, a cross-code athlete. Now, we don't want to give the game away and mention any clubs, but uh, has there been feelers put out to you at the moment from sides saying, would you be interested in playing for us at AFLW level? Yeah, I think,
1: I think you'd find it hard to find a player who wouldn't say they weren't interested in playing AFLW. Um, I. At the moment, of course, my focus is the uh, VFLW season with Geelong. um, And then whatever comes on after that, um, I'll welcome the opportunity with open arms, but get to it when I get to it.
0: Indeed, and it's still, uh, I guess, uh, several months away before you can actually, if not taken as a rookie, put your name down on paper for the draft.
1: Yes, yes, and I, I think that I must say we're all sort of getting used to that process given it is still somewhat quite new. Um, but, yeah, as I said, focus right now is Geelong and, and contributing to the success of our team.
0: And before we let you go, when you're out there in the park, you're playing with players such as Maddie Boyd, who uh, was Melbourne, now be playing for GWS, Melbourne's uh, Lily Mithen, and also uh, uh, Rochelle Cranston. Do, do you pinch yourself at times going, hang on, I'm actually out here with the girls that are currently playing AFLW?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely pinch myself. And, um, and some of the things that you see them do, you sort of look twice and you think you've seen a bit of magic. <laughs> they're, they're, they're amazing players. They're amazing people. And I've personally learned a whole lot from them um, in trainings and especially in games when, when it all comes together. And, and yeah, they're, they're amazing athletes. And as I said, amazing people too.
0: Well, Erin, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the VFLW season and uh, your hopes and dreams of making AFLW 2018.
1: Good on you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Another AFLW recruit we spoke to several months ago was Daria Bannister, just as she was lining it up at youth girls' level and starring for Launceston in the Tasmanian State League Women's Competition. She'd end up being taken in the draft by the Western Bulldogs and will make her debut in 2018. Here's our interview with Daria Bannister.
2: Good, how are you?
0: Not too bad at all. Great to have you on the line. Let's take a step back for a moment. I believe you were only just a recent convert to footy. Weren't you just joining the Launceston Football Club last year?
3: Yeah, I did. Um, I started playing netball first, so then I decided to play football in high school and um, only playing for two years, so
0: very new to the game. And of course, uh, the Launceston Blues currently playing in the Tasmanian Women's State League. How have you found the level of that competition? Because for you, I think it was, uh, first of all, as a 17-year-old playing senior women's footy, how have you found the standard?
3: Yeah, well, this year um, we've put into regional and state league competitions. So this has created a higher standard of football and gives the Tassie Girls an opportunity to play at a higher level and put their name out there for an AFLW club.
0: Since this AFLW has come along, have you seen a different attitude, even in just the last 12 months, of how your teammates and others are training and how they're uh, preparing themselves for match day and also obviously warm down and recovery?
3: Yeah, I think like now that the opportunity for you know playing in the AFLW competition, the girls have been more excited and obviously have something to train hard for now. So yeah, the girls are really trying hard and putting their names out there for the clubs to be looking at. Do
0: you recall the moment you were given the invitation to train with the AFLW Academy in Canberra
3: earlier this year? Yeah, that was an exciting opportunity for me. Um, Having exposure to AFL women coaches such as Katie Brennan, Astro Connor, and Ace and Kara Bowers, who have been playing AFL women for the first time, um, giving us programs like strength programs, fitness programs. This is another opportunity for you know, the draft in October.
0: And how's it been trying to absorb that in all the information that they're giving you? Because I think they only had something like a week with you of trying to pick their brains and get all the knowledge that they can to obviously incorporate into your game.
3: Yeah, it's obviously been uh, a bit to take on, but um, that's sort of stuff you have to take on when you become a professional footballer in that industry. So, no, it's been good to have that exposure, and hopefully um, if I get drafted this year, then I'm already used to it.
0: You, of course, also got uh, selected to play for North Melbourne in February. Now, this was a combined side uh, between uh, Melbourne University, uh, players who weren't playing in the AFLW, and a select group of Tasmanians. How did you find that experience?
3: Yeah, that was a good experience, especially for, you know, some Tasmanian girls that haven't had that exposure to the higher level. So um, being able to play with the Melbourne Uni girls and um, having that exposure to higher standards of football you know it was really good for the Tassie girls and you know having an alliance with North Melbourne and getting more Tassie girls noticed um, you know a bit good for them and being a part of the AFL women's team if they end up getting a Tassie side in off, um, you know being a part of the team playing in their own state so no it's good
0: North, North Melbourne, of course, is making investment into Tasmania through their academies program. So after that match uh, you played um, during the summer, have they kept in contact as the program continued on since then for you? Yeah,
3: I'm pretty sure that, like, I, um, they have. Like, they're pretty keen to stay in contact and develop the girls down here as well and um, dish out more uh, training sessions with some of the girls as well. So it's been good to keep in contact.
0: Of course, you represented Tasmania in the first round of the under-18s competition uh, when you played against uh, the Northern Territory and South Australia. How did you find that experience going away as a team and uh, and particularly the second year that Tasmania had their own under eighteen state side? Yeah,
3: once again, it's a good opportunity to go away and play at a high, high standard. You know, this is my last year, so I wanted to go out there and, you know, give it my all. And I got to captain the girls as well, so we our the girls are about to bring in our new whole team full of youth girls coming through and so much talent in there, so I was pretty happy to captain the girls through that. Um, and, yeah, so it later led on to the Allies squad, which was really good to be a part of as well. And um, Yeah, we bonded really well in Queensland, and we actually won all of our games, and we were coached by Beck Goddard, who's premiership uh, winner and coach of uh, Adelaide, so that was a good an exciting opportunity for us.
0: Can you explain to us from a player's point of view what Beck's coaching style is like? Because uh, she's having a unique run at the moment. Like you said, she's a premiership coach at AFLW, and that's where she's had to pull sides together from, um, from the Northern Territory and South Australia. She did it in New South Wales, combining New South Wales and ACT girls together. And, of course, as you said, for the Allies, combining girls from Tasmania, South Australia and NT all together to play together under one banner and to win all their games. What is it, do you think, what, what is Beck's style that cuts through?
3: Yeah, she has a she has a unique style. She she understands each individual player that she has on her team, and yeah, just AFL women's team uh, competition. That's what it's about bringing teams together, different players, and you know going out there and playing good football. But it's pretty simple, like just playing to your own strengths, and that's what she wants you to do. And go out there and just play your role.
0: And what feedback did she give to you personally that she wants to see you develop and become so obviously you can reach your potential at AFLW? Uh,
3: Obviously, I know where I need to improve. We did, you know, a lot of, like, feedback stuff and, you know, goal setting and stuff. So she made me realise what I wanted to do and um, what I wanted to achieve in the goal uh, in the games. And, yeah, I
0: sort of know what I want to do now and how to get there. And as we mentioned about AFLW, now that obviously young women have the opportunity to look up to uh, open age women playing football on the national stage, so they don't have to be compared against men, you know, in the past, someone say, oh, you play like a Joel yeah. Salwood type, etc." Now you get to say you're compared against a Katie Brennan, a Darcy Vesio, whatever that might be. You've had a chance to watch AFLW. Do you see your style of play in any of the players at the national stage? Who do you think that you best resemble?
3: Oh, that's a bit of a tough one. Um, Best resemble.
0: Or at least that you try to mimic. It's a style of player that you would like to try and become.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Katie Brennan is a standout for me. Like, she's uh, one of the main girls in AFL women's competition that most girls look up to. You know, she, some girls aspire to be and stuff like that. So, you know, being able to meet her and train with her and, um, get to know what she's like outside football as well following, uh, owning her own business and stuff, you know, that sort of stuff I look up to and, you know, sort of want to become, so yeah, mainly pay to
0: And actually, I believe you're partially following in her footsteps, if I'm correct, you're actually studying in fitness as well and looking to pursue that as a career on top of your football?
3: Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm studying, you know, food and nutrition and sports science and stuff and, yeah, hopefully I uh, some of the stuff
0: that she's doing. Now, unlike obviously in WA where they can uh, apply for the WA draft and and be taken by Fremantle, same in Queensland if you want to play for the Lions, uh, Tasmania aren't aligned to any club as yet, so you actually have to pick what pool you want to nominate for. Have you come to a decision yet of what state's pool you want to put your hand up to possibly be drafted from?
3: Yeah, it's uh, obviously a tough one since we don't have a team down here that we align with, but, um, you know, I'm happy to go wherever. I'm happy to move um, because being a part of the AFL and competition would mean so much. Um, But um, I want the best outcome for me, so possibly Victoria-based
0: and obviously, there's more opportunities there with being the four teams. Yeah. And obviously, there's a couple of Tasmanians that have gone over there. As we know, Emma Humphreys played at Melbourne and, of course, uh, Elise Campbell with the Western Bulldogs. Um, for, your, yeah. for yourself, you're playing in the Tassie State Women's League at the moment, running around with uh, plenty of good quality women's footballers. Um, in your mind, who are some of the players that you think from Tasmania that have probably gone under the radar that, uh, that might be worth a look if they try and nominate for the draft?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Abby Green from Launceston uh, Football Club, she is one of the uh, tallest rocks in the competition for us. Um, she's got strong hands. She's really good up forward. Um, obviously, needs to touch us on a few skills, but I think she um, should be noticed a bit more. And Naomi Celebre, who is also from Launceston, um, strong forward, a bit like Darcy Bestio not afraid to go up for a mark. And every time she puts the um, football on the boot, she just ends up getting a goal somehow. Just, yeah. So those two stand out for me. That should be more looked at.
0: And obviously for Launceston, having a great season at the moment, sitting second on the ladder, a a possible tilt at the premiership flag.
3: Yeah, um, we've been waiting for that moment. Um, We're training so hard and hoping we can... Get the win at the end of the year. So it'll be a tough one against Clarence and Glenorchy, physicality and, um, you know, skills and everything at a high standard. So, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge and hopefully we come out on
0: top. Well, Daria, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the Tasmanian Women's State League and then, of course, the AFLW draft coming up in October. Thank you. You're listening to the Best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. One woman predicted to be taken in the AFLW Draft but was surprisingly passed over was Chantella Pereira. Chantella from the Box Hill Hawks was known as a WNBL basketballer where she had had great success. And we'd asked her in an interview several months ago, why did she make the switch from playing basketball to taking on Aussie rules and joining up with the Box Hill Hawks in the VFL Women's Competition?
4: (laughs) Um, yeah, good question. I think, um, yeah, I've just kind of jumped on the trend and I thought I'd give it a go. Um, I guess I've had a good run at basketball and achieved lots of things. And, um, yeah, I just kind of thought it looked like a good opportunity. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I guess I, I love watching the game. I'm probably different to the other girls. I haven't grown up playing it. But, um, yeah, just I thought I could um, have something to offer a team. So let's
0: take a step back for a moment. So, unlike some who um, uh, took up the game at Oz Kick or played under tens and under twelves, and back then, of course, for that age group, it was a case of no—you had to stop by a certain age when it came to girls' footy. So, for you, you never actually played as a junior.
4: No, no. So I, um, I guess I've always been entrenched in the basketball world. So from, I guess four or five, I just kind of always had a basketball in hand. So yeah, never, never did Oz Kick. Never. I mean, played a little bit at school, I guess, when you just have, like, the odd thing. But, um, yeah, not not really ever picked up a football before before playing with um, Box Hill.
0: Prior to the start of AFLW, had any of it caught your attention, Would it have been the exhibition games, Would it had been the draft? Had any of it caught your interest, or was it until it got going that you thought, maybe I should be having a go at this?
4: Uh, no, I definitely had a keen um, interest in that. I guess I just love watching women's sport in general and, you know, big um big uh activists in that area and I think, you know, it's great what they've been doing. So I've been following it um pretty closely just from a fans perspective. Um, yeah, so I guess watching the girls play in the exhibition matches and um I guess watching it come to light, I kind of work in this area a little bit too, so knew a little bit about it. So um yeah, I definitely knew um lots about it, just hadn't really ever jumped in. Um but I think, yeah, when I saw the opportunity come up, it seemed to kind of make sense. Um, as you kind of think about what you want to do after you've been in one career for a long time.
0: And of course, the Box Hill Hawks are famous for having—I think it was like 140 women try out for their initial squad on that day at Waverley Park. Is it intimidating looking around, seeing 100 women, thinking, "Do I have what it takes?" <laughs>
4: Yeah, it was. I mean, um, I guess I'm so much older than a lot of those girls and you're yeah, playing basketball for such a long time, you're used to being I guess you're used to the sport, used to you know what's gonna go on and um I think yeah, i w I've been pretty nervous across the whole board, you know, throughout the season, even when you take the field each time. Um, you know, it's a whole new it's a whole new arena for me. Um so yeah, it is quite it's quite different, but I think um yeah, you just take confidence in what you can do and then, yeah, hopefully hopefully you can execute it okay.
0: Do you remember your first conversations with the coach, Patrick Hill?
4: Um, yeah, so actually I had a bit of an interesting start because I actually got married towards the end of last year, which was um, during the tryout, so kind of wasn't around as much, um, so I missed a fair bit. But, um, yeah, I managed to get down a few times and, and um, yeah, Patty was really good and really open and honest, so... Um, you know, at that stage I was still deciding whether I wanted to play basketball or footy and just kinda of kept going and um yeah, paddy has been really good about you know, just he's very um good at communicating on where you are and what you need to work on. So um yeah, it was it was it was a good it's good been a good experience learning from him
0: coming into the game for the first time did you have a rough idea of the type of footballer you wanted to be and and was it a surprise or expected when you were picked out to say we're like you is not just a defender but more of a tagger someone who's actually going to stop players
4: <laughs> i probably pretty surprised like to be honest i was just really happy to make the squad and then really honored to be part of the team so to get us to play um you know a a role like that is, um, yeah, it was pretty surprising. But um, I think that's probably you know, Patty found the strength of mine, and and that you know I could go out there and I knew that's what I could do for the team. So um, I think giving me a task like that probably takes the pressure off because I know that's what I can do. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's been yeah pretty, pretty, you know, you feel pretty um, honoured to take on a role like that. Some of those girls, we I mean, all of them are amazing athletes and amazing footballers. So um it's been a hard task each week but um hopefully I've been learning each week and
0: getting better. You've taken on the likes of Bianca Jacobson, who, of course, played for Carlton, now playing for Melbourne. She was an opponent when she was playing for Cranbourne. You've taken along and held to one goal, Darcy Versio, of course, the, uh, the NAB AFL leading goal kicker, who, of course, plays for Carlton and plays for Darabin in the VFLW. Um, do you think you have an advantage when you take them on that because these women have been on TV and playing AFLW, you can sit down, you can watch video, you can know more about them that they'll know about you?
4: I guess I'm a bit of an unknown to them. Um, probably not much use watching me play basketball for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. I I, I definitely um, have a look at how they play, and I mean that's part of our I guess our pre-game. You know, preparing and watching film is is part of all of our games. So um, I think the coaches and um, the leaders of the team and the girls that know how those girls play have done really well in in helping me understand how each of them play and what their strengths are so I've leaned on that a lot Um, and I guess yeah it's lucky for me that there's a lot a lot about them and um, people can share the knowledge um, rather than they probably don't know a lot about me but um, they're they're pretty exceptional players so um, you know they've done they've done well each week too.
0: Up until a week and a half ago when you played Seaford, you hadn't cracked it through for a win at that stage. What had the leadership group been doing to try and keep things going? Uh, particularly, there's some girls in the group who played for Knox who had a, a pretty tough year the year before, and they only won one game. What was done to try and keep things positive?
2: Um,
4: look, patty has been awesome, and, and the whole the whole group, um, you know, I think although we hadn't had a win yet, I think we had a really good energy about the whole our whole team and um, the club in general, everything's been upbeat. And, um, you know, we've been improving each week. So I think he's done a really good job in making sure we focused on how much we improved and not getting down about just seeing the win or loss on the scoreboard. Um, You know, as a young team into the competition for the first time, I know a lot of the girls play Knox, but it's our first time as as a Box Hill team together. Um, It's really good that he's, helping us see the bigger picture. So, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of talent there and there's a lot of opportunity and future. So helping us see that, I think, kept us upbeat. And, and the fact that we're doing better each week, I think, you know, we, we did well against Arabin and we did, you know, pretty well against Diamond Creek. So um, it was good for us to see that and we know that there was a chance we could win. So going into Seaford, we, we had a lot of positive energy, um, which, you know, was started by the coaches in the leadership group.
0: Do you recall in your mind the moment the final siren sounded, all the post-match celebrations when finally the drought had been broken?
4: <laughs> when uh, when Chrissy Shadden kicked that goal, I was pretty happy. Um, yeah, that last two minutes of the game was, was uh, pretty intense. But as soon as that siren went off, it was... Yeah, I think I almost had tears, just some sort of kind of relief. I guess we've been working pretty hard since you know November, so... It's been a really long time, and it was um, just a really nice feeling because I know how much the club and the community have got behind us, and it takes a lot to put up a brand new VFL team, so um, there's a lot of people involved, you know, more than the 22 on the ground, so Um, It was just, yeah, it was a really nice feeling of all the things I've achieved in my career in the sporting field. It was, um, yeah, it was a really special moment. So it was, um, yeah, I'm pretty grateful to be a part of it.
0: And just quietly as well, you talked about the community getting behind you. What's it been like having the girls from the Outer Sanctum as your uh, club patrons, your number one ticket holders (laughs) for the women's team?
4: Yeah, they're um, they're amazing. They're fantastic. Um, Yeah, the girls, I went to a Hawthorne luncheon the other day and... And they were emceeing and um, but yeah, they're just such great advocates for the sport in general and then of Box Hill is just, um, yeah, it's really nice. They've got a really good voice and they're um, so keen to talk about us and represent us and um, they're so supportive, which, you know, you can't ask for more as a player. So um, it's really nice to see them, yeah. Behind us at every moment, and and not just us, the whole league and and women's sport, which is which is really cool, really cool to see.
0: What's the plan for you from here for AFLW twenty eighteen? Has it been putting the hand up for any of the tryout days, for example, that've come along from the Bulldogs or Melbourne, or is it you're just going to let the VFLW form uh, present itself and just throw your hat in the ring once uh, nominations open up in September?
4: Um. Yeah, good question. I haven't thought about it a lot. I guess um, for me, I just wanted to take every week as it came and see how I could do it. It's probably all come a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Like I, I, I guess I didn't really expect to play such a big role. Um, yeah, as I said, I just have to be a part of it. But um, yeah, of course, I'll put my hand up. I probably you know need to have a chat with Patty and see how I kind of see it. And I, I've got so many things to work on, but. Yeah, obviously, um, I would love to play and, um, yeah, if the opportunity arose, um, yeah, it would be an amazing chance. So it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty cool thing that's happening and, yeah, hopefully, you know, I've got some skills that I could um, give to a team that would help them. Um, But, yeah, I just, I'm really happy to be part of Box Hill and, and just kind of keep working on my game and help them get better.
0: Well, Chantella, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the 2017 VFLW season and then fingers crossed for upcoming AFLW 2018. Awesome. Thanks so much, Peter. During August, Melbourne hosted AFL International Cup 2017. We saw eight women's teams compete this year, representing seven nations and one combined European side. A side that made its debut and impressed all to finish third in the tournament was the GB Swans. One of their players was Frankie Hocking, who was pivotal in them winning their third versus fourth playoff against the USA Freedom. She was seen as a smoky, a chance to be taken by the GWS Giants. Unfortunately, she wasn't, but fingers crossed that she get picked up in next year's draft. We caught up with Frankie a couple of months ago, just after the IC17 had been completed, and we asked her, how did she get involved in Aussie Rules football?
2: Um, okay, well, it's a bit sad, really, I guess. Uh, one of those usual poms that watch Neighbours and home and away, and uh, from a little kid, always wanted to kind of make it out here and, uh, and finally got the opportunity after university and, uh, yeah, just kind of flew the nest and came over to Sydney straight away.
0: And now, I believe you actually came originally from a soccer background. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, growing up near um, near Birmingham, there's so many soccer teams around there that have got links to sort of men's premiership uh, EPL teams. And um, opportunities were just huge for girls to play soccer back home. And, um, yeah, I just got, got scouted at the age of uh, eight to play for um, Coventry City. So it was like a two-hour drive from home, but... Um, my dad, bless him, he, he used to take me three times a week, and and yeah, just soccer just took over our lives a little bit, really, and um, yeah, just fell in love with that game, but I guess as you grow up, you kind of start to, I don't know, need new challenges and want to try new things, and um, I mean, as a kid, I, I tried soccer, I tried hockey, um, I used to swim, you just kind of try everything, especially in the UK, there's... there's Plenty of opportunities to try things that are land-based. There's not a lot of things water-based, mine. But, um, yeah, so just tried it, loved it, and, and played it for years and years and years, really.
0: So after that soccer background and chasing the neighbours' home-and-away dream, <laughs> you're in Sydney. So how did you stumble across the Newtown Breakaways and end up playing Aussie Rules?
2: Yeah, so I was living in um, near Darling Harbour, and um, just did a good old online search for sort of local AFL teams because I thought, oh, i will come over here. I need to try um, what I thought was a traditional local sort of sport of Australia, although I've discovered in Sydney NRL is kind of the thing to do. Um, and, yeah, the breakaways popped up, and um, also Sydney Uni popped up, but they didn't get back to me in time, and sort of the rest is history, I guess. I, I got... given some contact details of one of the girls in the team and she met me and took me down to training and yeah I started to have a go with this oval shaped ball that was rock solid and hurt like hell when you handballed it and um, bounced horribly Um, and yeah I just kind of I don't know I just fell in love with the challenge of, of trying something new really
0: and how did you find the transition to Aussie rules? I mean, I'm I've been looking through your stats since 2014. You've come up regularly in Newtown's best.
2: Yeah, I think look, I think the soccer background um sort of helps you read the game. It's it's easy to know because the ball, you know, it's a 360 game whereas if I'd played try to go to NRL for example, it's, it's very it's very different in that sort of setup. So I think my my mind was able to kind of transition relatively easy um, and then I guess realistically footy and soccer I mean the skills are, are quite transferable in the fact that you know you've got to be able to kick it catching was probably the hardest thing for me to to kind of get the grips with because my depth perception was sort of designed for heading the heading the ball rather than catching it so I think that was probably the hardest thing to do definitely had a few pop knuckles here and there on the first few uh, few games but um yeah no I, I just kind of I guess I threw myself into it and wanted to try and learn something new, and um, yeah, I, I guess as well the girls were just very welcoming and they really helped me to, to learn the game. And it's down to them that I was probably one of the you know their best players. As such, it's just from their training, their help, the coaches that we had at the time. Just was the right coach for somebody that's new, um, and he kind of just sort of guided me through that um, transition and that development of your skills. Really, really smoothly. So yeah, I owe a lot to, to the breakaways for where I'm at today. To
0: be honest. Now, I think it was in just your second season that you actually got picked to represent AFL Sydney.
2: Yeah, my second season was was definitely you know a highlight because I was picked in uh, team of the year for Sydney as well. Um, and yeah, and we, we did the rep side. And yeah, it was just it was a it was a special sort of time to kind of be around and. I guess the rawness of me taking up the sport was still kind of... I guess the energy was there and I was still learning things. Um, But it was an eye-opener to play alongside some of the girls that now are playing at the Giants and stuff. Just the skill level um, for my second year was was a pretty big gap between some of the better players. Um, But it definitely spurred me on. It definitely gave me that motivation that, you know, it's time to really focus and get fitter and get a bit stronger and, and work on the things in my game that, you know, still even today need need more development.
0: I actually believe you tried out for the GWS Giants for their 2017 season and, and just missed out on being drafted. Um, what have you done since then to try and keep positive and keep that dream alive?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was tough because, you know, we, we went through this academy phase here in Sydney um, where so many of us got to try out and be involved with it and then, they made the cuts, and being part of that group that got cut was was quite hard to take, really. Especially as, like I said, the season before, I'd had a really good season, and I felt really positive about footy and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, it did hit me quite hard. It was quite it's quite hard to take rejection in that sort of stuff. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I took some time away from footy. I just needed to kind of, I, I guess you need sometimes you need to miss something to really realise how much you wanted it. Um, so I went. I went back to soccer. I played in the MPL for this past season, and um, just but still kind of kept around um, the breakaways and helped out a little bit, and, and then started playing a few games near the back end of the season because the IC was obviously in the forefront at the end of, of the season, and you kind of needed to kind of I don't know get my skills back to date and, and freshen up. And um, I think being back around the AFL. Sort of team environment and the sport definitely has sort of given me that motivation that when I went into the IC I wanted to try and perform it the best that I could, not only for GB but also for myself to kind of show that I guess I'm in the right mindset again to, to give it another go with with Putty again this year and, and see what where I can go with it again.
0: And when did your focus switch to getting a, a spot on the GB Swans list and, and how did you learn the team's game plan and I guess get to know everyone with most of the side being on the other side of the planet back home in the UK?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was I was very lucky in the fact that actually the captain um, and the vice captain Laura Turner and Rania Ramadan, they I used to work with them over here in Sydney, and they went back to the UK, got in touch with me and said, "Look, we're, we're creating a GB team. Are you interested in being involved?" I, I jumped at the chance. Um, sent some footage of me playing. I was lucky enough to have got some footage on on YouTube channels and. Um, yeah, send that through and, and Garth, the head coach, was like, yeah, okay, we're keen, like really interested to have you involved and then we just went through months of um, sending me footage of the girls playing and of team diagrams and pictures of what they were doing and um, how we would try and work the system um, and then when the guys came over to, to, to Melbourne ready for the IC we, we had a, a few days of training before the competition kicked off and It was just a lot of,
4: there was a lot of
2: repetition of things because, yeah, the way I played was a little bit different to how they played and it was just kind of adjusting. But I think the easiest thing for our team was that we only had to adjust to three of us living over here in in Oz um, compared to trying to sort of have only three people that had played together before and and, and doing it that way. So I guess we had it a bit easier um, than maybe some of the other teams.
0: And how did the standard of IC17 um, compare to, say, playing in the Sydney Women's Premier Division?
4: Yeah, look,
2: I think there was definitely a noticeable difference in things such as there was a lot of ball on the ground, um, sort of time of having to ball up because the ball was trapped, the ball wasn't picked up very quickly. Um, But I think when you consider that the girls... Especially the girls in the UK, they play a lot of it um, like nines rather than 16s or 18s. So I think for that sort of level, you, you've got to say it was, it was, you know, at a good standard. I mean, you played against the likes of Ireland and in Canada, and half of their girls live over here as well. I know the Ireland team; a lot of them play in the Sydney comp for, for UTS. So had a bit of a sneak peek, I guess, of what some of the girls' abilities were like um, from previous games over here. Um, and you could definitely see that 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 was that was a different level when we played those guys compared to um, some of the other teams that I'd watch play, and um, and like even Fiji, they were just so strong. But their their skills were you could tell that they've come from a rugby sevens background rather than a, a, you know an AFL or soccer background.
0: And obviously, you would have, have loved to have made the grand final, but are you happy to have finished third at IC seventeen in the Swans' debut at the tournament?
2: I 100 percent like. Yes, it was heartbreaking missing out in the last sort of seven minutes of the final quarter against Ireland. But you know, when you consider that the Irish girls, some of their girls have been to every IC, um, or they play together week in week out here in Sydney, or um, even back in Ireland or in the London comps. And same with Canada, they've been together for a few years now, and we've come together. As I said, most of the girls have been there together for maybe a year to eighteen months, and I've come across, and one of my teammates, Rosie Morrison, she came across from the Newtown Breakaways. Lauren Short in Melbourne as well. So so there have three of us that have never met them before. Probably half the team that live in Scotland as well that haven't really played much with the girls. I think everybody has to hold their head up high and be super proud of the performances they put in. And we've managed to make it to third place, first IC. I just say watch out for three years' time because if the girls can stick together and we get this team back with a few more additions... I reckon we've got even better of a chance next time.
0: And personally, um, how did it feel to be named in the world team?
2: Uh look, I think you know it's it's a it's amazing, it's a massive honour and everything else. But to be totally honest with you, having three other girls from the GB team in that lineup for our first IC is is more important than than an individual accolade for me. Uh, I'm just stoked that you know the hard work that the girls have put in. Um, stood out that, you know, we had four girls from GB standing up there in that lineup and, you know, competing with the, with the numbers that Canada and Ireland managed to put into the team. So, yeah, we should just be really stoked as a whole group that we, we got that far. And
0: from you, your view, um, being out there on the paddock, um, and this covers both the GB Swans and, and other teams, uh, who were some of the best players in the tournament that you think would actually go well if they, if they had an opportunity at AFLW level?
2: Oh, um, yeah, look, I think you got to look at um, sort of even from, well from the GB Swans to we'll start with those guys. I think for me, the standout player um, was Dani Salter. Um, her kicking, the distance, her range was, was pretty pretty decent, and she was up there leading the goal kicking charts until the last sort of round, which was a massive shame for her. That you know the other girls that took out the prize actually were playing um, Pakistan that day and, and got and managed to kick a few extra goals, um, whereas you know, she she sort of scored most of her goals early on. But, you know, her, her ability on the ball and reading the game, I think, is is definitely up there. She would do well, at least in the, the sort of either the Victorian league or the Sydney leagues. Um, I think it's obvious that um, Canada have got a fair few decent players. And I don't actually know her name, but she plays as number five. She was a...
0: Valerie Moreau.
2: Yeah, massive standout. She won... She got the player of the tournament. And I think her skills were just, you know, second to none and, and showed that she plays... I think she plays in the Victorian League and it showed massively. Um I think Ireland, specifically, um uh, Carol, Carol Breen I've seen her play in the Sydney comp for a few years now and I think, you know, the way she plays is is, is great and she deserves a, a look in for sure. Um uh, yeah, they would be my standout really from the from the girls that we played um against they're they're the ones that I'd say definitely stood out to me.
0: So IC17 is over. Newtown unfortunately didn't make it through to the finals for the uh, Premier Division this year in uh, Sydney. So what's next for you on your footy journey?
2: Yeah, I guess um, let the body recover a little bit from IC17. Um, Took a few knocks here and there, so a bit of recovery time. But, um, yeah, just I think... uh, Look, I think I'm going to put my my name in for the draft when it opens, uh, when it reopens and see if anything comes of it. But um, I think really it's more a case of getting a good pre-season in, um, making some decisions about um, footy this year. And um, yeah, I think just basically getting myself out there and back in the local comps um, sort of full time rather than sort of a little bit of between soccer and AFL again, I think it's time to sort of make that decision and, and stick with AFL and, Hopefully something will come, if it's not this year, but maybe next year I can kind of show what I've learned and where I'm back at and, and um, keep improving to see, who knows, maybe one day I can get picked up by the Giants or... um Maybe one day the Swans will have a team and it'll make it a bit easier up here in Sydney, not just having one team for the girls to compete to get in,
0: really. And just quickly on that, um, does that give you a little bit of extra hope that um, if you're not successful for 2018, at least for 2019, when the competition expands, there's more clubs, even in other states, there's still more opportunities?
2: Uh, I think massively for, for a lot of the girls. You know, here in Sydney, we only have the Giants as an option at the moment, and You've got girls that are willing to travel already interstate from Queensland and Victoria and and even wider, but um, there's girls that are, the Sydney side of it, the Giants side of it, they cover New South Wales and ACT already. There's hundreds, if not thousands of girls that are playing footy and would love this opportunity. So, I mean, you hope that in the not-too-distant future that the Swans would really consider getting a team involved because there's healthy competition here in sydney for for girls um to play and um you know myself unfortunately i can't move interstate due to work reasons and um you know I, the only option i have is to stay in, in new south wales so yeah i mean personally i'd love it if there was two teams um, just to make life a little bit easier but um and i'm sure the other girls will will sort of relish that opportunity if it comes around eventually
0: Well, Frankie, thank you very much for joining us here at Girls Play Footy. Once again, well played at the IC17. Congratulations on making the world team and all the very best come draft time in October.
2: Thank you very much. Fingers crossed, hey.
0: This is the best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. The women's game has been spreading not throughout Australia in just dramatic numbers, but also overseas. We've seen tremendous growth in the United States Australian Football League 400 women this year played at least one USAFL match, including 273 that were registered to play at the USAFL Nationals in San Diego, California. A team that made its debut in Division 2 was the Los Angeles Dragons. They were just an idea in December of 2016, and before you know it, Women were training in January 2017, and of course, as we said, they set aside to the Nationals where they finished second in Division Two. We caught up with a couple of the co-founders in Aileen Yoon and Alani Silvio, and asked how did the idea come about of the LA Dragons women's team? Alani and I
5: had both talked about it when we first met a few months ago um, in LA through um, our significant others. They play on the men's LA Dragons team. Um, and obviously since both of us were interested in footy and Leilani was already playing at the time and had been for a few years, um, we definitely wanted to try to get a team going, but um, we, we knew it was a little bit of, of a lot of effort that would need to happen. Um, and I was just getting into playing the sport. I had been a spectator for about three years, um, watching the men play, and I wanted to get get into the sport. Um, so I connected with Leilani, and she got me to play with Sacramento, and that was where she was playing at the time. Um, and we discussed maybe potentially um, starting a team together, and like ironically, um, USAFL announced that the Nationals would be in San Diego, and um, we thought that would be a perfect opportunity to start the team. Um, and then there's one other uh, woman co-founder of the team, um, Laren Sullivan, and um, she, she wasn't playing in the U.S. at the time, but she had played in Australia, and um, she linked up with us, and uh, we decided to eventually all work together to get this going.
0: And Leilani, for you, um, who first introduced you to Aussie Rules Football? How did you uh, get into playing uh, originally with Sacramento?
6: Um, Well, I was in Boston. I came to L.A. a year and a half ago, Um, but before that, I was in Boston for a few years because my husband's in the military, and uh, as an officer in the Air Force, he was working with an Australian exchange officer uh, with their program, and um, Cam Douglas, the Australian officer, got us into it, and well, he got my husband into it, and then I was like, what am I going to do, because we always do everything together. We're We're both very sporty people. So I was like, I want to play too. And they're like, yeah, there's a girl team. I'm like, that's great.
0: And then the rest is history. We know, of course, the famous Boston Demons over on the East Coast. Uh, Sacramento had their first win at the USAFL uh, Nationals in October, uh, defeating the New York Magpies. Um, I believe originally the Los Angeles page started off as the Southern California Catalinas. We had officially linked up with Lauren to uh,
5: start the L.A. team I know she had a vision, and we weren't—we didn't know her very well, and she wanted to definitely get a team going. And Lonnie and I, since we were obviously both playing with Sacramento at the time, um, had just discussed it within the two of us. And when we found out that Laren had decided to start a Southern California team, um, we decided to reach out to her and see if we could help and, and eventually realized there's, there's a really good momentum and a lot of interest. Um, so uh, we, de- we decided that all the three of us link up and try and um, come up with a plan of how to build the team. And um, that plan began with uh, linking up with the-, the, men's, the men's team, the LA Dragons, since we obviously have connections to them, um, and working together to build a women's side so we can be uh, one unified club.
0: I was going to say, you are going to take on the Dragons' nickname, or or down the road, you are going to look at maybe having a vote and, and coming up with a different nickname? I, I take, for example, like up in San Francisco, you've got the Golden Gate Ruse, which is the men's side, but the women are the Iron Maidens.
5: We, we've discussed it, and I think we're putting it to a vote right now, uh, just because there is obviously three of us and a few other women who are definitely um, involved in this process of building the club, so... Uh, we all have a little bit of a different opinion, but um, we're all aligned in, in linking up with the Dragons. Just that that nickname portion is something that we still want to work on once we establish the club and, and get a good team going.
0: And Eileen, uh, where yeah, are
5: we'll th- have our name voted
0: probably in the next two weeks. And, and Eileen, uh, whereabouts are the girls training at the moment, and uh, where do you hope where do you hope to be playing your games out of if you do host any matches in LA?
5: Right now, we're training in Sherman Oaks, um, and we've we've talked about uh, playing some matches in L.A. with the men. Um, I believe we already have a game with San Francisco set. They're, the men are coming down, and the, the women were eager and interested in, in linking up with us as well, since they knew we were building a club. Um, so, for right now, we'll be playing with the men when they have home games in L.A., and and we're at a good progression where... Uh, once the men start playing their Metro games in L.A., and that's usually in, um, like, the, the South Bay of Los Angeles area, um, we'll be tacking on and playing a few Metro games along with them as well. Um, but the men have been really supportive in helping us search for fields and, and being, um, being of guidance um, when it comes down to finally starting to put our schedule together.
0: And Leilani, what have the numbers been like in some of the early training sessions for the LA women's team?
5: Um, we started training in December, mid-December
6: as preseason, And ever since we've had uh, about 8 to 12 girls show up, and I have uh, like 10 other players that are really interested and are going to start coming for the end of February.
0: Well, that's amazing because even building off of a base of twelve, you either a in the coming months nearly could form an eighteen-player aside uh, team yourself, or b in another case scenario, for example, Portland have I think about six or seven players. You have the opportunity to combine with another West Coast side to have a fully fledged team uh, in the Nationals coming up in October. Yeah,
5: definitely. I mean, I think our goal it would be an ideal scenario if we can field a full team. Um and it's it's been really good because every practice we've had new women show up, and I think that shows mm-hmm. um, how the word is spreading and um, how how girls are are, very, are like already getting very involved um, from the beginning. Some of these women have never picked up a footy before, and um, I think all the women that have been coming out have been. Um, very open-minded and eager to play. So it's been awesome to see them um, really quickly learn to love the sport
0: we know at the moment how the uh, USAFL women's scene is uh, shaped, that there's a lot of Metro footy, and 16 or 18 a side only gets played every couple of months when there's, for example, the Western Regional Tournament, the Central Regional, Eastern, uh, the East versus West showdown, and, of course, uh, the Nationals. Do you hope that, obviously, if you manage to get a full side up, we know of Sacramento, San Francisco, uh, they're trying to build in Portland, they're trying to build in Seattle, um, and even if you want to go as far north into Canada as Vancouver, do you hope that at some stage there'll be some uh, a regular schedule of Western Coast games. Uh, so therefore, instead of playing every few months, you could be playing every two, three, four weeks.
5: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think um, from when I have started playing, which is just this past year, all the women really want to spread the word and, and get it going. And I think um, eventually that's our goal, to, to continue to meet other women in other cities and, and have a regular schedule of, playing full teams um, instead of, I think, for the women. It's it's been more common um, at those bigger tournaments.
0: As we look uh, at the bigger picture of USAFL women's, it's in one way different to the men's. Of course, we know in the men's uh, competition there's the 50-50 rule. You can't have more than 50% of Aussies in a side. But on the women's side of things, it's actually very rare to spot an Aussie woman playing football in the USA. I I think the competition's what? 95% American women.
6: Yeah, I agree. I've been playing with a lot of different teams ever since I started, sometimes as a free player, and I have only seen one Aussie until now that we're starting our team in L.A., and we've been lucky enough to meet four women that are Aussies.
0: What is the plan going ahead as we try to get to the nationals? Um, um, have you tried and roughly schedule out how, how many tournaments you'd be like to be playing in? As we mentioned earlier, Western Regional, East West, for example, um, to try and get some match experience up before the the uh, big one in San Diego.
2: Uh,
5: Lonnie, do you want to answer that question? I mean, uh, we've definitely heard of of a few of the tournaments, and obviously, like the Western Regionals is a is a big goal for us to. Get enough women to go yeah. out to Denver this year. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about to... this today actually too. Um,
6: we definitely want to make Western Regional, and we're going to try our best to make um, the Portland tournament in May, um, and then maybe one other one, and then we're going to host a game in September hopefully with the with the Iron Maidens, as I said, and then that will get us ready for nationals. We also want to do Metro games starting in May, as long as we have enough women play like nine a side, eight a side or
0: something like that and teach the girls the rules of the games and all that. Well, Girls Play Footy, we found your your Facebook page to know of the LA Women's Team. Uh, What else have you been doing on social media channels? Have you got Instagram or Twitter up? And how have you been trying to recruit your players and get attention so far?
5: Um, Nothing else yet. I think for the most part, most of our um, recruitment... Now has been on Facebook, but um, I know Leilani and Laren both did a great job before um, the start of 2017, just constantly meeting new women um, when they go out and um, getting them interested in playing with us in LA. Um, so once the three of us linked up closer to the end of last year, um, Leilani and Laren had both um, built a database of uh, of I say like 20 to 30 women that they had met and had somewhat expressed interest. So, um, in addition to promoting on Facebook, we've been trying to actively reach out to those women and continue to try and keep their interest so they can come out.
0: And just before we let you go, the most important thing of all, of course, if there's anyone based in LA or around the area that's interested in signing up for the LA women's team, where can they get more information and where should they be showing up to practice?
5: Uh, so, our um, Facebook page right now is, is our main point of contact, and we check it regularly. Uh, that's the Los Angeles Women's uh, USAFL 2017 team. I know it's a long name right now, and once we we vote on our, our official name, we'll be changing that. Um, so, if you shoot us a message on Facebook, that's the quickest way to get to us. Um, we practice, we'll be practicing every Saturday. Um, at 1 p.m in Sherman Oaks um, which is in the valley of LA um, at least for now um, until until the season kicks off um, and yeah and we've been posting our practices and it's public for for anyone to comment and attend so um, we'd love to hear some from um, the ladies if they're interested
0: at all. And that concludes another Best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. Just a quick reminder that you can download this program as a podcast by going to Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and searching for Girls Play Footy. Don't forget to find us online. Our website is girlsplayfooty.com, We you can see all the latest women's footy news or follow us on social media. You can find Girls Play Footy at Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, I'm Peter Holden. Let's bye for now.